listeners, goslings, friends, possibly enemies, and welcome to this week's episode of The Smug Buds. And hello, Rudy. Oh, and also Rudy, who's eating some dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's his little I can ting, hear it. Little ting, ting, ting. I'm not going to shoo him away from his dinner. What am I going to do? No, nor nor would I ever suggest something like that. <laughs> he also, I feel like, um, uh, wait sometimes until after Elliot goes to bed to eat, so that Elliot's not like, "Aw, Rudy's eating," and then like try to pet him or something. He's like, "That's mm-hmm. not what I wanted for my life. I still don't know why you had this child." Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here with Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Liz. How are you? I had. A hell of a day. Do you know what happened to me today? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm almost certain I don't. It's uh it's Thursday, uh May twenty first, twenty twenty. Uh what happened to you on this day in history? So I specifically didn't tweet about this because I wanted to tell you. Okay okay. Kenny and I saved the lives of everybody in this apartment building today. Ooh. So we um had just put uh, Elliot down for a nap, and uh, it had been stressful. Elliot had not uh, really been cooperating. Last night was stressful as well. We were both feeling, I would say, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, I'm sitting, uh, not even suddenly, that's wrong. I'm sitting on the couch. Kenny's at the kitchen table. So we can see each other, but we're in different sections of the apartment. And I smell smoke and it doesn't smell like a nice fire Mm -hmm. it smells like chemical smoke Mm. and i was like hey kenny is something on in the kitchen like is the oven on or the stove he was like no so he gets up and he he checks our outlets to make sure Mm. that nothing's like sort of burning like plastic or Mm -hmm. something that's overheating yeah nothing he goes out into the hallway and he comes back and after a minute or so and he's like it's definitely coming from another apartment but i can't tell which one Mm -hmm. we should monitor this Mm -hmm. and i said yeah um so we waited three four five minutes Kenny went back out there, and when he opened the door this time, now we could both hear a smoke alarm. Mm-hmm. And he went down. It was we're on the third floor. It was the we're we're sort of like, uh, you know, if if it's like one, two, three, four, we're on the third floor in position three. Okay. And this was coming from the second floor in position one. Mm-hmm. And so he stood there for a while, and it didn't seem like anybody was inside. So he knocked and he set a, t- this is so Kenny, he set a timer on his phone for a minute and then he knocked again and then he waited 30 seconds and then he called the emergency maintenance line and said what was happening and then said, they said he should call 911, which he did. R- real quick, before yes. you move too far forward. Yes. I think I understand the answer, but just- to make sure. Yeah. Why did he set a timer? What was being timed? He was make he was timing 
He wanted to make sure he gave the people sufficient time to answer the door. Right. and that's, Before knocking there, again. Right. And there's no way to count or anything. Well, I think or, that... I think that he partially was doing this because time was so warped because there was smoke filling up the hmm. the uh, entry hall and, okay. um, you know, the loud pinging of a smoke alarm, which mm-hmm. I think makes things seem like they're lasting significantly longer than they are. And um, there's our smoke alarm has gone off plenty of times. Um, and so he was just making sure that these people had the time to if they were home, uh, not have to stop dealing with the smoke alarm before they opened the door. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and he called the emergency maintenance line first because he felt like if there was somebody in the apartment complex with a key, they might want to get there before a firefighter, depending on what was happening. Mm-hmm. So he called 911, and they said to evacuate and to pull the fire alarm that's in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So I'm still sitting on the couch. Kenny comes in and says, very calmly, could you pick up Rudy and take him to the bathroom? Because the bathroom is where we take Rudy when we need to put him in his carrier because he can't hide in a place we can't reach him. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm getting Elliot. We need to evacuate. Mm-hmm. So I got Rudy and I got him in his carrier. Lickety split. I'm very good at that. And we walked outside, and as we're walking downstairs, I was like, Kenny gets to pull a fire alarm. Mm. For real. Yeah. (laughs) And I was so excited. And as we're walking down the stairs, um, apartment people are there, and they're, like, kind of bumbling to themselves. And Kenny was (laughs) like, "Um, oh, 911 said I should pull the fire alarm. And a dude just went, like, and got it. I was like, god damn it. How dare he take (laughs) that pleasure away from you? Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, there was a fucking fire. We we went outside. Um, mm. Once the fire alarm was pulled, everyone else streamed out for the most part. Um, within three minutes, the, there was a fire truck there. Um, mm. The maintenance people did have a key, so they didn't have to knock down the door um, once the fire people got there. Um, and... As soon as they open the door, again, so we're we're in like garden style apartments. So when you walk in, there's a landing, but there's no apartments on that landing. You can either go down to the first floor, like half a staircase or go up to the second floor, half a staircase. And then there's like a full staircase between the second and third floors. Mm-hmm. But that said, they opened the door and you could see the smoke come down the stairs out of the like lobby and down the stairs of our apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a pot that they then took out and put on the ground mm-hmm. um, that somebody had been left on the stove with the flame on and it, they were not home mm. uh, because Kenny said, you know, I wonder if they passed out or something, you know, mm-hmm. or were not conscious, but no one ever emerged. Um, and they mm. did not, I think if somebody was in there, we would have noticed a party exiting that we had not seen yet. Right. Um, so someone was cooking food and left. Apparently. Um, so they brought the pot out and then sort of got it wet on the sidewalk, but then opened up all the windows mm-hmm. and the smoke was just pouring out. Um and then they eventually let us back in. 
And when we went upstairs, and Elliot this whole time is like, I mean, he is the stereotype of a little boy in that he does adore a fire truck. Mm. And so he's like, look, a firefighter. They going to put out the fire? Look at all the smoke. So then when we were coming upstairs, they had brought out these industrial fans and they were like sort of blowing the smoke from the hallway. So it's like, it's so loud and so smoky. And we just thought it was like, so Elliot had not been asleep yet, but it was his Mm -hmm. nap time. And we just thought this is shot. Mm -hmm. You know, we get up the stairs. He goes, it's so smoky. We open the door. He goes, and now I go back to sleep. (laughs) And we were like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, he fucking, he asked questions the whole time he, we were, like, getting him ready for bed again. Mm-hmm. He was like, and why there's smoke? And why the firefighters? And why we have to leave? And why it loud? And fucking out within five minutes. <laughs> and slept yeah. until 4.40 when we got him. Was asleep with his head half dangled off the edge of the mattress. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, truly, and I, I don't, I'm sort of joking because it's funny to say that I saved everybody's life because that seems like a ridiculous thing to say, but truly, I do not know, no, nobody else had done anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were truly the ones that got it to be where there was not a problem where like the fire didn't spread to the rest of the apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I fucking did today. What did you do? <laughs> Whose lives did you save? Do you have any follow-up questions or comments? Uh, I'll, sure, I'll have a comment. Uh, <laughs> you and you and Kenny are heroes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I assume uh, it's only a matter of days before you get the key to the city. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll, uh, that sounds like it went uh, just as well as that situation could have gone. So yeah. happy to hear it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't do shit today. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I will say I got to make a joke. We came Mm. back in and there was like a, like a department check-in meeting, Mm -hmm. um, that was just like a casual meeting where people were sort of supposed to like, they've been doing these meetings where we say like, um, you know, how are we coping? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, everyone in my department's really stressed right now um, because we're trying to do, I think I, I said that I edit test questions. We're trying to do it so that we can deliver the test um, remotely instead of in a test center. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, I mean, some of my coworkers are working until 10 o'clock every night um, and on the weekends. Uh, I'm not that person. <laughs> Because they would have to pay me overtime, but yeah, uh, uh, some of my coworkers are, and so we were in this meeting, and uh, they were talking about challenges, and I said, "Well, I had a new challenge today. I know we talk a lot about having to put out fires. Well, let me tell you." And Kenny just goes, "Oh, mm-hmm. godless." Yeah. And I had told my boss, Claire, about this because I had said to her, Kenny smelled smoke. If I disappear, it's because there's a fire. And she was yeah. like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm saying this and I can see Claire's little face on the Zoom just like cracking up. And I said, yeah, we stopped there. The reason I was late to this meeting was because there was a fire and we stopped it. <laughs> yeah. 
so that's my update. Do you have any um old business? <gasps> old business. Wow. <laughs> Great job, Liz and Elliot, <laughs> delivering that new jingle for old business that we just heard. <laughs> and definitely Liz and I just heard. <laughs> Do you like In the jingle? Moment. I feel yeah, like I, I, I feel like it. I couldn't actually tell if you liked it or not, <laughs> or if you were just placating me. I I like it very much. It was just it was very uh if if my response if if my reaction seemed tempered it's because I was reacting to not just the jingle itself but your decision to make it not tell me you were making it and then ask to Skype with me when you sent it to me so that you could see my reaction when I heard it for the first time, not knowing what I was going to hear. All of that sort of compounded, sort of muted my enthusiasm Mm -hmm. um, because I just, it felt uh, like I was, you know, being, (laughs) being put through the the sort of Liz, the Liz uh, system. Of 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 uh, surprise and delight, and so I do yeah, want to surprise no, I, you because I feel like you like the idea of a jingle, and I feel like we hadn't mm-hmm. talked about a jingle, and true. I was like, oh, if I can just, I'll totally catch Will off guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, it's a great idea. It's a great execution of a great idea, and just I think like a little difference in our styles is like, if I were to independently do something like that, uh, I would probably just send it to you mm-hmm. and just be like, open for a surprise. <laughs> but I wouldn't like, dim- you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that extra mile of like, you know, get on a call with me so I can see this happen. That's, <laughs> that seems risky to me, honestly. That's, yeah. that's, that's a, a slight bridge too far. For my um, personal style, nothing against yours. Oh yeah, that's fine. So we do. I know we have a sort of shared point of old business. Okay, is it the Joe Para thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had two ideas of old business, and one of them, obviously, you were thinking of as well. There's a new Joe Para special. We are uh, right in between yesterday when it went up online, uh-huh. and tomorrow, as of this recording when it is going to air on television. Oh, I didn't realize it was going to air on television, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, weird. <laughs> I actually thought it was going to air on Wednesday, but then it no. turned out to be this other way. But yeah, one of Joe's tweets said that it was actually airing on Friday. Um, I do want to talk about what that means to me, and mm-hmm. I, but in a sort of broad way. Um, but I also want to talk about the special specifically. So let's start there. I, I, I know you watched it. I watched it as well. Yeah. What, uh, any, any comments, any, any, uh, impressions you want to share? I loved it. First off, I yeah, do think it's, I don't, I didn't just love it because like it was a special thing we got. I thought it was mm-hmm. like really well executed and very funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also was so sad that I had to watch it by myself. Mm. Um, that made me very sad, actually. <laughs> oh. I, like, really wanted to watch it with somebody that, um... At one point, I thought Kenny was watching it with me and then realized he had his headphones in. 
Oh no, <laughs> that that is quite sad when you put it like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but I also, I mean, I don't want to really ruin it too much, but he talks about how Austin Powers holds up at length. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that, like, I watched Austin Powers on a plane a couple of years ago. Yeah. And there's one thing in Austin Powers. I, we were obsessed with the Austin Powers movies when I was sure. 12. Yeah. Or whatever, when they came out. Absolutely. Um, they were sexy in a way that was, like, safe for a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a point in the original Austin Powers where um, the uh, Austin Powers is with uh, that woman, the protagonist lady. And, the love interest. Yeah, and she's, like, very drunk, and she's trying to get him to sleep with her. Mm. And he's like, I can't. You're drunk. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be right to do this because you're not of sound mind. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's fucking wild. For, like, 1999? <laughs> I think yeah. it came out in 1999. If for 1999 right. to him to draw a very – he drew – I mean, it's it's so it's so – and this is somebody who's, like, supposed to be hypersexualized, and that's, like, the joke, right? The joke is that this dude is, like, not sexy, and yet everybody wants to sleep with him. It's actually 1997. I just wow. Okay. Yeah. 97. 99 must have been the sequel? Uh, I'm looking that up next. Yep. Spy okay. Who Shagged Me was 99. So, yeah, for 1997, for, for somebody in a very sort of serious moment, like, it's a tender moment in the, the movie, mm-hmm. to be, like... Um, you can't consent. So even though I sleep with people all the time, I'm not going to do this. It's not fair to you. And we can revisit this later, I think is um, really incredible. Here's what I want to say about the Joe Para special, uh, w- which is called relaxing old footage with yeah. Joe Para. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's an, another um, perfect work of television. Mm-hmm. In a long line of perfect works uh, from uh, Joe Para, um, the the uh, general topic I want to uh, talk about in this context is what we are going to see more of or less of as the quarantine goes on and on mm-hmm. and on, and there there comes a time in the near future when there there is no new content yeah. to to put out because mm-hmm. none, nothing new has been produced so like i'm vaguely aware that like i saw on twitter and i just saw it on twitter i didn't look into it i don't even know if it's real <laughs> but i assume it's real what i saw that like the season finale of the blacklist had like an animated portion Mm -hmm. that was animated just because they hadn't finished shooting it. Wow. Or, or, or maybe, or maybe I saw something different and I misunderstood it in which Mm -hmm. case, sorry if I'm spreading misinformation, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing and hearing things about measures that are being taken by different TV networks who, you know, can't do, the things that they did under normal circumstances, you know, there are no, no new life sports and, and all, and, and sooner rather than later, there's just, there's going to be no new scripted content Mm because we we will have run out of what was made before the quarantine. And so that has gotten me thinking, well, maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe there's a moment coming 
where these networks, they, they certainly have like a shelf, like an archive, like a library yeah. of like all the stuff that like didn't make the cut. Yeah. And like maybe they're going to start airing some of that stuff. Uh-huh. And maybe that'll be good. Mm-hmm. And maybe if it, maybe some of it's really interesting. Um, and uh, then something happened. Something actually did happen that I wasn't expecting, which is that announcements start uh, announcements started to be made that television networks were going to air on TV some programs that had been only on streaming services. Oh. That were like streaming originals. Like Star Trek. I don't know if Star Trek is one of the ones, but Star Trek is one that is only it? was on streaming. Right, yeah. Or I think if if you want me to be specific about it, I think one announcement that I saw was about a Harley Quinn cartoon series that oh. I think is some like DC ex- app exclusive, but uh-huh. I guess it's going to be on, I forget what now, but maybe like the Sci-Fi Network or something. And then the Joe Para special came along, relaxing old footage with Joe Para, and it made me think like, oh, this this fits into the conversation that I've been having about like, what do we do about the content uh, yeah. desert that we're entering or uh-huh. about to enter? Because relaxing old footage with Joe Para is perfectly like it's it's a perfect example of like what do you do when you can't shoot a your television show yeah. you you make what is essentially like in our in our world like a video essay yeah just using stuff that was already shot uh-huh uh and uh, so yeah i just i just thought uh w- this is an interesting thing to come along when this probably would not have been made at all yes if it weren't for the quarantine yes and so it's just an interesting like interesting like what's the saying uh necessity is the mother of invention but mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay there's clearly some ingenuity because of the bizarre circumstances went into the genesis of this thing yeah i know i've been seeing um, well, I have two. I have two things I want to say here. The first is that something I'm very excited for that's coming out on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, that will be new content. Um, is Space Force? Yeah. Do you know about Space Force? I know all about Space Force. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to tell our Goslings what Space Force is? So, uh, not so long ago, uh, the the real president. Uh, announced uh, the creation of the real United States Space Force. And I feel like that news wasn't out for, in my mind, it's like 24 hours before a second announcement came out that the creators of The Office were making a show called Space Force starring Steve Carell. Mm -hmm. To which I thought, well, that sucks. That sounds like it really sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. because it's just like, very bandwagony. It's just hitching a ride to the news of the day, the news which is really stupid yeah. and I would rather not think about. Uh-huh. And also, you know, Steve Carell uniting with reuniting with Greg Daniels. It's just like it's got that blank check stink all over it, where like 
these people clearly they've had so much success they have the power to do whatever yep. they want and nobody's uh-huh. going to tell them no so what are the odds that they make anything good ever again mm-hmm. um and then uh just like a week or two ago the first trailer for space force came out uh because the first season is going to drop about a week from now yeah the trailer and the trailer is um it's not funny it didn't make me laugh however the the cast is undeniable like the, yes. the the cast is incredible i think i need to watch it just out of appreciation for the cast yes even though i might not enjoy the show because i am not expecting it to be very funny do you know the only reason that i want to watch the show tawny newsome tawny newsome i love yep. tawny newsome i love mm-hmm. her so much and i miss her because i used to sort of get my dose of her through spontaneous nation yeah and she had some of the lines. I think Tawny Newsom had some of the parts of Spontaneous Nation that made me actually laugh until I was crying. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a part. There's this amazing episode actually where they're in space. Now that I realize mm-hmm. it, and she is playing a character that knows all about um, horses, and she just does a song. I think, or no, was this not? This wasn't Spontaneous Nation. This was off book because Zacharina was uh. on it. I take that back. But it was when spontaneation was still happening. It was that brief period where they were both happening. Mm-hmm. And she she had a um, song where she just sang about different kinds of horses because she grew mm-hmm. up with horses. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a, one of those amazing moments where you can see that a person's playing a character while also drawing on like something so inherent to their own person. Yeah, you use what you know. You you I I feel like you experience a lot of that listening to the comedy bang bangs and the off books etc yeah. of the world well and because you get zach reno and that same episode you get zach reno talking about pokemon in a similar vein as the horses yeah. and as far as i know the only like zach reno has been on comedy bang bangs several times yeah and as far as i can remember he's only ever played one character and that character is a pokemon like, trainer named <laughs> dash Grabham. yeah he's great it's so funny the bit is just that he names different Pokemon and like kind of has and that. And Scott Ackerman has like no idea what's happening. <laughs> Actually, I mean, to be fair, it's one of my favorite moments in the history of C- CBB, the podcast, when I think it's his first or maybe second appearance as Dash Grabham. And he says, I'm from the Kanto region. And Scott says, the Kanto region of what? <laughs> and and he says, excuse me? <laughs> yes, I listened to that episode. Now, I, I, don't, I haven't listened to much Comedy Bang Bang, but I listened yeah. to that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. then there was also, just very briefly, there was a moment that was specifically on Spontaneous Nation where the way that that show was structured was the person who was interviewed at the beginning by Paul um, gave the location that they did the long form improv for and this mm-hmm. person had given like a concert of somebody that nobody had heard of it was some weird mm-hmm. name that i didn't know mm-hmm. and the very first line was they start the improv and tawny goes you guys want to get out of here yeah yeah that's that's pretty funny <laughs> And it was one of those moments where nobody on the podcast could contain themselves. And so it was Mm. just stifled laughter for like a full 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that's classic. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I'm excited about that. 
And then the other thing I wanted to say, Space Force that is, the other thing I wanted to say was I have noticed something happening with musicians because Mm -hmm. musicians have quote unquote run out of content sooner because they have concerts, which is that they have been, you know, musicians apparently are just sitting on live recordings that they won't share with us, but now they're sharing them with us. (laughs) Right. And when and when I said that there will be no new content, I am referring mostly to television. Oh, absolutely. And, and to a lesser extent movies, just to yeah, clarify. I, w- I was just saying that um mm-hmm. this is like a related Yes, yeah, ab- situation. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I I understand. And Carly Rae Jepsen released a B-side to dedicated today. Yeah, I've I I haven't heard it, but I've seen a lot of mention of Carly Rejection in my Twitter timeline today. Yeah, she's perfect. Do you have um do you have any other old business? The only other item of old business is this uh variety exclusive from two days ago. Excuse me, May 19th, uh 2020. Headline Film Academy considering postponing 2021 Oscars. Wow. I missed that. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Um, they aren't, uh, supposed to happen until February, mm-hmm. uh, but they are considering postponing it, uh, until later than that. Um, and, uh, that's just, uh, you know, sources are saying, uh, nothing's been announced on that front yet, but looks like maybe perhaps an announcement might be imminent. I, um, I, you know, I think I mentioned this last week, but I think, I think I'm not sure when we'll actually get to start doing shit like that again. Yep. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we definitely talked last time or maybe the time before that about, yeah, foreseeing how long this could go on. I have a friend who told me today that her husband she said, my husband, I found out, we found out today my husband isn't going back to work indefinitely slash for two years mm, mm-hmm. um which i was like what <laughs> um but basically there was there's like um some like physical space issues um that are sort of unrelated uh and they basically decided that um if they couldn't all sit next to each other um because of like the sort of secretness of the work that they do um mm-hmm. they might as well just all work from home mm-hmm. so that's what they're doing until there's like a vaccine basically yeah um i will limit what i say in a public forum but i think i can safely get away with at least saying uh i like working from home and i don't I I look forward to the day when I can hang out with my friends as normal again, go to yeah. the movies again, when the fear of the disease is uh, behind us. But uh, I don't look forward to the day when I am expected to go back into the office. Yeah. Uh, regardless of safety concerns, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Um, I'm excited for having childcare. <laughs> yes yeah i i i've i've uh adapted to this pretty well um yeah as you know my you know our circumstances you and i are quite different and yeah. so 
you have it uh, hard and I have it easy <laughs> um, compared to one another. And Usher's got it bad, so. I, I'll take your word for that. You got it, you got it bad. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> um, I think that's all I have for old business. Yeah, I think that's all I have as well. The Joe Parra thing, the Oscars thing. There's some uh, news about the creator of The Handmaid's Tale. It just just keeps failing upwards, getting more and more, you know, projects that he's attached to. It's not. I don't think it's very interesting to talk about. Perhaps even less interesting than talking about the possibility that the Oscars might be postponed. <laughs> um, do you have any guess of what we're talking about today? Uh, I know. I believe I know what we're talking about. Because Did you see it? I went to the shared drive and uh, found your your prepared <clears throat> show notes. We're so talking. You, what are we you, doing? You are talking about meal prep today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we've sort of talked a little bit. Oh, what was our Twitter poll answer? Should we start with that? I feel like that's relevant. That is old business, definitely. And technically... <laughs> I think it's a good transition. Technically, it's not over because when I set uh, the poll, I set it f- to last a week and that was on Monday. But I think, uh, yeah, it would take... Uh, it would take a seismic shift for the final results to be any different from uh, what the results are now. Yeah. Uh, 13 votes, 77% say a dishwasher is more of a luxury item in the kitchen than a microwave is. Yeah. Which was my position. Yes. So you win. Uh, I... but, but really science, science yes. wins. We I... all We all win. And I mean, the good thing is, is that I still know in my heart of hearts that I would love to not have a microwave if I could have a dishwasher. <laughs> so mm-hmm. no poll can sway me on that yeah. opinion. Nothing's um, going to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is good to know that not everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about meal prep because for a couple of reasons, um, you know, Kenny and I are feeding ourselves and a child. Mm-hmm. Um we uh you know don't love spending a huge amount of money um we don't eat out that often even before the quarantine but also with quarantine you know people are trying to stay inside more um people are trying to limit how often they go to the grocery store um and so and i would say that i feel very smug about this because i feel like i'm efficient mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say we and actually i think we are efficient I think that we have a system that works really well mm-hmm. and um, isn't uh, doesn't have a lot of the pitfalls of a lot of the other meal prep systems I see mm-hmm. and um, is also healthy. Mm-hmm. And I say healthy loosely because I think you could adapt the system to be whatever you need it to be, but healthier than, say, um, you know, eating foods that are going to rely on things that we know are bad for us like a lot of sugar a lot of salt that we can't Mm -hmm. control the amount of those things in our food Mm -hmm. um which i would like to preface this by saying i would like to preface this whole episode by saying that everybody has a different circumstance everybody Mm -hmm. has different resources available to them and resources are going to include access to food money time um people available with 
varying levels of cooking skills. Um, and so what I'm talking about here, I absolutely know would not work for every person, every family. Um, but I think that if you're going into a, this, this, uh, process of wanting to meal prep with moderate resources, um, Mm -hmm. this system will work great. So -hmm. what do you know about like sort of the world of meal prep? Um, yeah, no, I'm not aware of any world of that kind. I definitely, uh, yeah, uh, I've been neither a visitor nor, (laughs) nor, nor even a spectator to that world. Um, if, if I, if I, if I prepare food, yes, I am 99 times out of a hundred preparing it for immediate consumption. And uh, if there are any leftovers, then that is a bonus. Yeah. So tell me about how you go grocery shopping then. I think that's the baseline. Okay. Well, I don't go grocery shopping anymore. Do you get delivery uh, now? No. Dane, Dane has been doing all of it Dane since, has been we, designated. since we closed in, uh, since we battened down the hatches. But um uh, prior to all that, um, I would go to Trader Joe's uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. I would go every Sunday uh, morning or, or Sunday afternoon. Yes. And um, the reason, uh, I think we, we've talked a little bit about Trader Joe's in the past and how for many it is like a, a snack haven and they either flock to it or avoid it for that reason. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I need a Trader Joe's run in my life because I uh, get a a lot of their prefab lunches. Right. uh, So I don't have to put much effort at all into uh, the making of what I'm going to eat for lunch. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I would take those things either refrigerated or frozen uh, into work on a normal day and just, you know, go through four or five of those a week. And uh, yeah, while I'm there at Trader Joe's, you know, I'm also buying uh, like uh, chicken breasts, um, maybe some frozen fish, mm-hmm. um, you know, various uh, snacks, uh, breakfast foods, um, you know, staples. Um, maybe sundries. I love using sundries, the word sundry. Baubles. uh <laughs> Bobble is also one of my favorite words. Did you know that? I mean, I could have guessed. In fact, I sort of did. Um, maybe, uh, maybe some ground turkey. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Do you have uh, questions about any other specifics? So how this? do you how do you pick what you're making? I know uh, you also get a CSA, right? That's true. Yeah. So so yeah. You that's being what, your household, your that's family. What, that's what I would do. Me, yeah. me personally, I would do the weekly Trader Joe's runs. Meanwhile, um, Dana uh, has us subscribe to the CSA uh, farm box. So we get some vegetables uh, every Tuesday. And uh, Dana will also just on no regular basis that I've observed um but just 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 when necessary yeah uh go to either sprouts or whole foods or you know sometimes target uh and and pick up other things 
that one can't or generally wouldn't yeah. uh, get get at Trader Joe's mm-hmm. um, to uh, to supplement the grocery mm-hmm. shopping that I do or would do in the past. Do you do you all talk about this? Uh, I mean, we we know what we generally have for dinner. Okay. So, like, we we have a a, a, a we have a not a not exactly a routine, but uh-huh. but we have a short list of things that right. we make and eat for dinner, and so we know that every single week we're gonna want that package of chicken breasts, you know, that box of frozen fish. Mm-hmm. that package of ground turkey and you know there's some there's some variety there's some variation but we're not we're not planning in strict like yeah written down or really discussed beforehand terms like uh-huh. we're gonna have this monday this tuesday yeah. we just know like okay in the week to come we'll have burritos one night we'll have spaghetti and meatballs another night we'll have stir fry one night Bob, you know, and and so on. Yeah. Um, that's wild to me, I just want to say. Um, it's perfectly normal. Uh, because, well, let me tell you why. Because this is, so now this is, like, where I get into my, like, my deal. Oh, and uh, just, just real quick. Yes. Just in case it seems like, just in case I made it seem like this isn't the case. Yeah. Let me specifically state. If one of us is going out to the store, uh-huh. then the other one will ask, what do you want from this store? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So when I go to Trader Joe's, I know what I always get. And in addition to that, I might have a short list mm. specifically from Dana of specific items. Yeah. And and vice versa. Yeah. Yes. Um. So when Kenny and I started living together... um in 2012 uh it was like the wild west for us Mm. um we were living in a shared house um and we sort of would just buy groceries that we knew we wanted um Mm. but there was a few problems with this the first was that um my schedule was really wacky so, as you know, grad classes happen mostly at night. Okay. Was that not your? Was that not true for you? I honestly don't remember that well. I, I, I guess I should <laughs> uh, let me put it this way: I don't remember that being the case. Mm-hmm. But I also don't remember in specific terms what it might have been like instead. So we had classes. Our grad classes happened once a week, and they were either at four thirty or seven ten. Maybe I'm confused because I'm remembering the classes, the undergrad classes I was teaching as yeah. much as I'm remembering the grad classes I was taking. Yeah. The undergrad classes um, almost all took place during the day. I did have my friend Ryan did have a weird, very weird situation where we had a workshop at 430 on like Wednesday, let's say. And um, then he was teaching uh, a comp class that was at night. And uh, he liked teaching this class because he lived closer. He lived uh, closer to Baltimore, and mm-hmm. so he liked um, sort of being able to get to campus later, so he could avoid campus, and then to leave late at night because that meant that his drive was only about an hour instead of two to three hours. Mm-hmm. And um, this comp class that he taught was in that seven ten to ten o'clock at night slot, but they were mm-hmm. in the same room. 
So I was in this workshop with him and he would literally go from sitting, you know, sort of facing the chalkboard. Right. To standing up and then sitting facing the rest of the room. Yeah, yeah. That rocks. I would love to have that arrangement if and he I said were in his it was, position. But it was very funny for him. He said, yeah. uh, I don't think he didn't enjoy it, but I think that he was uh, tickled by it every time it happened for the 12 weeks or whatever. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, which also meant, though, he did uh, dress up a little bit for teaching. Like, yeah. he'd wear a button right. down instead of... he. He's like my... As my would punk, I. Yeah, he's my punk rock friend. So he... Um, he would wear like really tight jeans and he had like really long hair and would wear like mm-hmm. black t-shirts and just be like so cute. And he would wear instead a black button down shirt on yeah. the days that he was teaching. Of course. <laughs> um, so that was weird. The, f- the first part of that was, that was weird. Right. Because right. I am somebody who needs to eat regularly or else my tummy gets really upset and I get like really bad stomach cramps. Okay. Um, so that was weird. And then also, you know, when I was home was weird because I was teaching in the writing center and then I did have classes and there'd be like a day that I didn't have class. Kenny didn't have a job for my first semester. Then he was working part time um, for a while. At as a, uh, as yes. the Travelocity gnome. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, he was not working at Travelocity at this point. That was the oh, problem. Okay. I think if we had done one thing. So Kenny worked at Travelocity for the year before I went to grad school. Uh, and I I do think we, I mean, we really wanted to live with each other. I do think it would have been smart. And well, and I will also say I did not have any friends in grad school until about halfway through out of the three years. Um, and the first year of grad school, even though I was living with Kenny, I was deeply lonely and um i had a really terrible boss and i think that if i had had nobody i might have uh i I can't even imagine what i would have done i would have been so depressed because i was already incredibly depressed um did i i mean like have i ever told you that i almost got fired from my job at the writing center um i mean that's one of those things you always ask that kind of question (laughs) and the answer more often than not is that sort of sounds familiar yeah I bet you told me at some point. <laughs> I mean, I don't really need to get into this, but like the sh- the long and short of it was that like I basically wrote a letter after we had been told that we were going to get we were all going to be fired and lose our stipends if we didn't like shape up our act. They told mm-hmm. this to us as a group, yeah. as tutors, and I wrote this letter that was like, "Hey, you sort of address these things, but I think that we maybe didn't get trained enough." And I was um scolded for that. Mm-hmm. Um the woman who scolded me was fired the next year because she stopped coming to work, which is to say mm-hmm. that I was right and she was wrong. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and, uh, and everybody agrees who was there that, you know, she was being incredibly irresponsible and not, um, a good boss. And so, but that was still very stressful for me. That was mm-hmm. also part of it too, was that again, my tummy gets upset when I get stressed out. So I was like eating really weird things and, we would just sort of go to the grocery store and, um, like, find stuff. We also ha- couldn't find a grocery store we liked, which seems silly. But the the closest grocery store to us was a Safeway that would literally have produce that was, like, rotting. I mean, yeah. this is not, like, uh, an area where – this is, like, a, a sort of um, very expensive area. There's no reason this grocery store should have been in such disrepair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, like, we couldn't get anything there, really, except um, – 
sundries. And uh, this uh, was just, like, not great for us. We would mm-hmm. have – we had really – we like, I can't even like, – we just ate a lot of quinoa with vegetables and, like, pasta with vegetables. And then as time went on, we realized a couple of things. The first was that it was not good for us to buy lunch every day um, because it's expensive. It's very expensive to buy lunch every day. There are people that do this, and I don't know how, because it's so expensive. (laughs) Even if you're getting a cheap lunch. You are buying lunch every day from, like, a compass. A compass? No. (laughs) Uh, From, like, a a campus commissary, I was trying to say when I said compass. Yeah, like, you know, like the food court or whatever. It was a little bit weird on on George Mason's campus, because they didn't really have, like, a cafeteria like we did. Mm Mm-hmm at Susquehanna because it was a it was more like a, it's a commuter campus yeah um but yeah not every day but there were definitely again with my schedule being so weird there would be days that I would eat the lunch that I had brought yeah and I would also have dinner and I would also eat some large snack that was essentially a meal in the middle because I was very hungry and I had been on campus and I was very stressed and my stomach mm-hmm. my stomach hurt yeah. um so that was a thing the other thing was um I realized I was not eating food that made me feel the best. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to say healthy really loosely here because that's going to mean a lot of things to different people. But for me, I need to eat like mostly vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I'm looking at the proportions of my meals, um, it needs to be weighted towards vegetables. And it and then with like sort of like smaller amounts of like um, protein, um, fat and carbs. And complex carbs if possible. And what I really need is, like, a lot of fiber, which is why I need the vegetables. Um, I also, at this, you know, in the middle of grad school, yes. I, 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 you know, every question feels like it might be a can of worms I'm opening, which is why I hesitate. <laughs> but just yes. for the sake of having a conversation. Of course. Um, how do you, how do you, I, <laughs> the yes. ideas that you're expressing. Yes. That you know personally yes. how how your diet needs to be balanced. Yes. I, w- I wouldn't know where to begin for myself. Mm-hmm. So how did you arrive at that? Yeah. So the, sh- the short version of this is that when I was in undergrad, I had a very stressful time and uh, gained a lot of weight. Um, and then in the year between undergrad and grad school, I lost all of that weight. And since then, my weight has fluctuated. I actually probably am the heaviest I've ever been right now because of quarantine. I literally don't know if any of my formal pants fit me. And by formal pants, I mean pants that are not uh, cozy. Yes. <laughs> um, when I go back to work, I think I will be wearing um, dresses exclusively for at least two months. Um, I, I, w- I wish I had that option. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, I had gained a lot of weight. And so I went on Weight Watchers, which um, I have sort of mixed feelings about. But um, basically from being on Weight Watchers, I figured out like, oh, you know, what I need to be full throughout the day is a lot of fiber. And I need to um, minimize the sort of amount of sugar I'm eating as a base. So mm-hmm. sugar is going to also mean in this sense, like, um, not complex carbs. And okay. so, like, um, a breakfast that I might have, 
like a breakfast that I was eating at work at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. was lentil soup. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds not good, okay. uh, <laughs> but it was very good. So it was a cup of lentils, which was something like, I mean, it was just like a huge amount of fiber and protein um, and then a lot of water. So there was a lot of liquid. I know I need to keep very hydrated. So I drink about 100 ounces of water a day that I have kept up with in quarantine. Um, I know that I and so and so, yeah, so I learned that like if I minimize the um, sort of non-complex carbs I'm getting and really up the fruits and vegetables and the fiber um then i can sort of fill in like i don't eat very much meat is the other thing i mean we'll talk about this later but we eat meat maybe once a week um we sort of have to remember to purchase it um we're mostly eating um like beans and tofu for protein Mm -hmm. um that's just the way we are and part of that gets into something we'll get into soon with it which is that um i get weird about meat and leftovers (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um. so yeah so that's it was through that that I learned like oh I feel optimal like if these are the things I'm eating and when I don't eat those things I feel over a long period of time I end up feeling sluggish and bad and um, puffy and when I say puffy I don't mean um, fat I mean like I feel like my body's not taking up space the way I want it to. And I can't fit into myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I also just want to say like no weight or size that I have ever been has been um, bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I just did not feel like myself and I did not feel comfortable and my brain did not feel good. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. makes sense. I'm almost never comfortable. So Oh, Will. <laughs> it's, that's, just, that's just being alive and having a body. Right. At least in um, my experience. Yeah, and I definitely have different times that I feel comfortable in different ways. Um, but yeah, so that that's how my sort of like basis for like when I say healthy is like I figured out and I think Kenny agrees with me that if we eat a lot of fruits and vegetables – have sort of minimal carbs that aren't complex. So I'm thinking like um, if we're eating something like um, like when I eat rice, I eat like a quarter cup of rice that's dry. <laughs> and then uh, Oh, wait, by dry you mean like It's plain. cooked. It's cooked, but yeah. if I'm pulling it dry out of the thing before I cook it, I'm making a cup and that's four servings. Right. Which is about 100 calories of rice. Okay. It's like 107, depending on what kind of rice you have. So, so yeah. So, this this is – these were all things that I was considering. Um, and I was – and I uh, – again, I feel gross saying this, but, like, I was getting married in the middle of this, too. And I was, like – I specifically bought a wedding dress that had a corset back, so I did not need to fit into it. Like, it did not need to fit me like a glove. I did not need to get it tailored. Um, but I was like thinking like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm eating in a very specific way so that I will fit into this dress, which I've had custom made for me. And through all of this, we came up with a system. And so, oh, and so the, so the, there were also, sorry, there were a couple of other things about the system. 
The first was that um, I don't love leftovers. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, pasta in sauce is not something I will ever <laughs> have because it gets gross and mushy and I hate it. As leftovers. As leftovers. Yeah. Um, and in fact, sometimes if we do have pasta with sauce, I will um, store the sauce separately. Sure. And then put it on the next day. Um, I also don't, this is part of the reason we don't eat a lot of meat. Um, because meat, uh, as a leftover that you are microwaving to get warm is oftentimes like, there's like some metallic, it's like tastes too much like meat. It's like overwhelmingly like meat in a way that I don't like. Um, the other thing that is a Kenny thing is like, Kenny doesn't like sandwiches. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, like, cold-cut sandwiches. Kenny loves a meatball sub or, like, a sandwich sub or, like, a, a, a um, cheesesteak. But he doesn't like, like, a turkey fucking sandwich, which I would love to eat for lunch. <laughs> Sorry, can you, can you clarify this distinction for me? Is it, is it type of sandwich or is it type of bread or is it size of sandwich? What, where's the preference coming in and out here? He doesn't like cold meat. Okay, so it's not about the size, shape, or the type of bread. Yeah, it's again he like he likes hot sandwiches and he yes. doesn't like cold sandwiches. Yes, gotcha. Okay, so like a normal ass turkey sandwich or ham sandwich, he's a little bit less weird about it now than he was when we started dating. Yeah, um, where like now if we're like out and that's what's available, he'll like figure out a way to eat it. And he has also said like he realizes now. That we know when he was a kid, he basically avoided these sandwiches altogether because he hates mayonnaise so much. Mm-hmm. And then he realized as he got older that, well, it's not really that he hates cold cut sandwiches. It's that he hates mayonnaise and that it was just the risk of getting a sandwich with mayonnaise on it was too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of this, you know, he figured out ways to get sandwiches that he liked. And oftentimes that meant that they were like hot sandwiches. Cause like a meatball sub's not going to have mayonnaise on it unless a monster made it. And he still hates mayonnaise today. Oh my God. Yeah. And does he enjoy anything that is mayonnaise adjacent or possibly sort of in that family? Is so there's he, does one... he ever enjoy like a ranch or... Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. An aioli or something? No aioli. That's no the mayonnaise. Aioli. Okay. And so, and a chef would tell you it's not, but it is. Okay. Uh, it, it has all of the characteristics he likes. He likes ranch. He likes um, uh, anything sort of yogurt or sour cream based mm-hmm. that would be sort of like you could swap in a yogurt. He likes mustard, which is not the same. Um, yeah now we're just talking about condiments which is (laughs) which is always fine with me well but that said like i have made like a chicken salad with greek yogurt okay and he's like that where he would never in his life eat chicken salad with mayonnaise okay the one thing on this list that does not make any goddamn sense to me is Mm -hmm. he fucking loves deviled eggs Ooh, weird yeah but i don't question it you know okay um (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like you do. Well, I don't question it in the sense that, like, if he wants to make deviled eggs, I'm going to eat them. Right. Um, and also his um mom used to make, like, shake and bake chicken. Mm-hmm. And that 
they would coat the chicken with the breadcrumbs with mayonnaise and yeah. that he didn't mind. But that was like so far removed because at that point yeah. it was like a really thin layer of mayonnaise. And by the time it was cooked, it didn't have all the sort of qualities, the sort of slickness and the mm-hmm. salty creaminess of yeah. mayonnaise. But yes, because of this, uh, sandwiches were sort of out of, you know, sandwiches were something that I ate a lot as a child for lunch. That was mm-hmm. out of the, out of the way of something. Which brought us to, um, you know, what? how are we going to buy, gro- which is then brought us to this other point, which is how are we going to buy groceries? Because when Kenny was not working and when I was in grad school um, and the various iterations of that, uh, we could sort of go to the grocery store whenever. You know, mm-hmm. we could find time and just do it um, multiple times a week if we needed to, if we decided on a recipe we were making. Mm-hmm. And so um, that sort of, as that sort of got taken away from us, um, we had to come up with a system. Yep. And now I'm going to sort of deviate for a second and talk about what meal prep means to other people. Okay. So for other people, meal prep means like deciding on what you're eating on like Saturday, Mm -hmm. going grocery shopping. And then Sunday, spending the whole day, like, prepping your food so that you basically don't have to cook during the week. Right. So for some people, that might mean um, chopping a shit ton of vegetables, Mm -hmm. uh, roasting a whole chicken that you're then going to pick, making a giant batch of chili. Um, mm-hmm. pre-packing snacks like celery sticks and carrots into jars. Or little bags. Or small bags, yes. Um, making breakfasts ahead of time. So baking oatmeal, which was something that I did in grad school. I would make baked oatmeal um, that you can then just sort of pull from the freezer ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly don't do any of that. Okay. Because I hate it. Why? Because it's so much work. It's supposed to make the week earlier or easier. Right. But really it just makes Sunday harder. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And also, what don't I like for the most part? Uh, Leftover meat. Leftovers and leftover meat. Like leftovers get weird and I don't like it when they get weird. And the longer, the further out you're going, the weirder it's going to fucking get. Mm-hmm, sure. And so, for the most part, I will not do that sort of meal prepping. Um, the other thing that people will do is they will come up with these really elaborate ways to sort of finagle the way that they're cooking food. Which I think are maybe useful to see in practice and think about, but like practically doing this every week is way too complicated. So like by this I mean, you know, they're like, okay, I'm going to buy six chicken breasts and three of them I'm going to season with salt and pepper and three of them I'm going to season with taco seasoning. And then the three that I seasoned with salt and pepper I'm going to use on Monday and Wednesday in this way. And then the other three that I seasoned with taco seasoning is going to be like a burrito bowl on Tuesday and then a quesadilla on Wednesday. And 
I have these vegetables and I've not seasoned the vegetables with anything, but then on Monday I'll put in like Greek seasoning and feta and then that'll be different from Wednesday when I put in uh, lemon pepper. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like sorry that that had a comedy structure you, you you might not have realized it or intended it but the, the just the length of time it took you to say that and then following that up with you know what i mean is like yeah. a is like a comedy thing you might script because you know what i mean you know usually comes after something incomplete <laughs> right and not not quite so thorough Yes, yes. But y- yes. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> because he really laid it out. <laughs> and so I think that this is all like very complicated. And again, I think it's useful to think about. Um, but I think it's it's too much work for me to try to sort of be so efficient that I am jigsawing these things together this way. Mm-hmm. Like the famous... Murderer Jigsaw. Yes, from the Saw movies, which I have never seen because I cannot get through them. <laughs> and and perhaps one day from uh, Spiral, from the Book of Saw, starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it's yet unknown whether Jigsaw will be a part of it, but right. perhaps, and seemingly probably same universe at least. And you know, I think Kenny owns all of these movies too. I just... And when you say that, you mean physical Copies, media? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. That's like eight movies. I, yeah, I don't think he owns. Kenny, how many Saw movies do we own? I'm sorry? How many Saw movies do we own? Do we own? Yeah. Two? Oh, sorry, only two. <laughs> yeah, but more okay. more than I would ever want to own, which is zero. Yeah. Um. Kenny said he got them on a discount. That's a good reason to have those. Sure. Um, so yes, I think that all of this gets to be a lot. And I, and I also want to say like, this is one of those things that I actually really like watching YouTube videos about. Mm -hmm. I love watching somebody make a YouTube video where they show at the end a picture of all of this food sort of perfectly laid out for the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, today... I started watching uh, on YouTube video uh, tutorials for Magic the Gathering. Ooh. I know how to play Magic the Gathering. (laughs) I just watched a couple of these videos for fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, So through all of this, this is the sort of um, system that we've come up with. So we have on Saturday or Friday night. We will come up with meals for Sunday through Thursday. Sometimes, if there's something special, we will also do it for Friday. Um, But usually we keep Friday and Saturday open. And when we are prepping these meals, we are assuming that we're going to be making four servings. The idea being that two of them will be for dinner and two of them will be for lunch which means that we never have to worry about what we're having for lunch and that we don't have to eat any leftovers that are more than 12 hours old or something, Mm -hmm. 16 hours old. Mm -hmm. We 
weight these things so that fresh items are more towards the beginning of the week and pantry items are more towards the end of the week. Mm-hmm. We also will try crazier stuff on a Sunday. So something that's going to take more time. Mm-hmm. And we also will plan based on things that we already have. So on Saturday or Sunday, if we have something left over from the week that we didn't use all of, we will use that as a baseline for the week going forward. Mm. And we will also use previous plans to prep. So much like you have a sort of a rotating cast of characters for dinner. Yep. We are certainly eating a large variety of foods, but we have some staples that we go to. Or at least staples of um, sort of baseline meals that we will um, work with. Yep. And I do want to say, it is this is definitely a little bit time intensive. That's the thing that we probably spend the most work on, which is that we are making a fresh dinner every night. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it's worth it. Because um, we're spending less money. Mm-hmm. We um, know that we always have. We're only really having to pick out like five, four or five things that we're making each mm-hmm. week. And then like breakfasts are sort of a dealer's choice. Kenny doesn't really <laughs> eat breakfast. Mm. Because he doesn't get hungry, so he mostly will just like eat a banana uh-huh. or a cereal bar. Yep. Um, I, on the other hand, when I'm not in quarantine, do really need a substantial breakfast, especially because I wake up so early um, and I'm working so early. So I will, I've uh, rotated through things like um, overnight oats that I put protein powder in. That lentil soup that I discussed, um, savory oats, uh, steel cut oats that I eat with like a soft boiled egg and like carrots. Um, my real struggle is figuring out how I can just eat vegetables for breakfast mm-hmm. <laughs> and also how I can not eat eggs because I love eggs. Um, but they just, as nutritionally dense as eggs are, they just aren't as, they just don't have the fiber that I need in the morning. For a while, I was eating tuna salad on these things called Gigi crackers, which have are they're like eight, like eighteen calories each, and they have four grams of fiber. So if I ate four of them, I'd get sixteen grams of fiber, and it was like eighty calories, which was great. And then I'd eat tuna salad on that, so I'd be getting like uh you know really dense protein with like some fat from whatever olive oil I used, and like um then I would have like parsley and some sort of like green bean or beet on the side. Um. That shifts based on my mood and and what's available, but um, that is the one thing I will prep on a Sunday, I will say. Like the lentil soup, when I was eating lentil soup before the quarantine, (laughs) I would make a batch of lentil soup because that's something that I could freeze in bags, Mm -hmm. and it was not weird when I defrosted it Mm -hmm. because lentils don't get weird. Sure. The other thing that we will do that I will do on a Sunday is I will cook a whole bag of dry beans. Mm. So when I'm cooking a whole dry bag of dried beans, I'm then going to portion that into two cup bags of beans to put in the freezer. 
Um, and that's something that then is like, I don't have to buy a can of beans. Cans of beans are also like just the weirdest. It's like one and three quarter cups, which is like, you notice, you notice the, Mm -hmm. when you're splitting that into four, you notice. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the sorts of things that I will do ahead of time. But I also don't have to do that every Sunday, right? So if I'm cooking a giant thing of black beans, I'm probably not going to eat all of them that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that we figure out. And then the other thing we have to figure out now is for Elliot. Mm-hmm. So we never are going to plan out every meal for Elliot, but we're going to be like, okay, what sort of staples do we need to get for Elliot this week so that he has something for lunch? God, I haven't thought about having to pack Elliot a lunch in weeks. That's, ugh, makes me feel so sad. Um, And then, like, what things will we have available for him for dinner? I always thought, before I was a parent, and I don't think that this was a naive thing, um, because I think we still would do this if we could, that Elliot would just eat what we were eating. Mm-hmm. And the the fact of the matter is that's impractical because when Elliot, when we he went to daycare, he would want to eat at five when we got home, mm-hmm. which makes sense because he goes to bed between 7.30 and 8, right? Yep. And so uh, if he were to eat with us, he'd have to wait until, you know, at a minimum six. Mm-hmm. Usually we eat between six and 6.30 and that's just not going to happen most nights. He's going to get hungry earlier. And so he eats something separate than us, not because he's picky, because he's not, um, but because there's just no way that he could wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sort of concept. Would you like a set of examples? Yes, I would. Please. Are you a, looking... a, a, preferably a week's worth, if you, you if you could offer that. Are you looking at the, the, the show notes? I, as I said before, I looked uh, earlier and saw the topic, and also mere minutes ago, I checked in with it just to see. I where see your you, little cursor in there, Will. Where you were in your? Oh yeah, it is a yeah, it's a Google Doc, and so you saw. Well, <laughs> your that, little yeah, face is showing up. That that, round, that just that just paint. means I have it open. I might mm-hmm. have had it open in the background, but um, by well, actually, maybe it does indicate whether you have it in the background or not because i just saw your cursor Mm -hmm. uh appear and your your face kind of lit up in a way that it wasn't a moment ago anyway uh yeah i I peeked at it uh, just a moment ago so i tried to find i will say i gave these sort of tenets right like um fresh items at the beginning pantry towards the end try crazier stuff on a sunday we don't always totally follow that um, so I tried to find a meal plan that was representative of that, um, as best as possible. So this is one that, um, Kenny put together. Oh, so I guess I should mention at this point, Kenny and I both cook and Kenny and I have always both meal prepped together. So on a Saturday or a Friday night, we have come up with the meals for the week together, um, we've suggested things that we like to one another. Um, we've both looked for recipes. I got very depressed about cooking in the fall, which is unlike me, a human named Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes. As mm-hmm. I think you know, I love food. I love cooking. Um, I love reading about food. I love watching people cook food. I taught my comp class on food ways. That is the culture around food as well as the ethics and the morality of food. Um, These are all things that are comforting and interesting to me. And I 
thought I was going to scream when I, when I started cooking dinner in the fall. I, it was stressing me out so much. I couldn't handle it. And so I said to Kenny, um, I'm getting very sad about this. I was getting to the point, I think I said to Sarah, devotee of the pod, um, if I could just not eat, I would. Yeah, absolutely. And I had never felt that way before. Sorry, I just heard, I just heard myself say absolutely. <laughs> and I heard the voice of some other Hoffackers that I know speaking through me. <laughs> Do you have moments like that? Mm-hmm. You have moments where you hear yourself and you go like, oh, wait, I... I didn't come up with how to say that. <laughs> I'm saying that exactly like someone else. <laughs> Something unrelated to this is that you and I have both voice acted for <laughs> uh, a production, a mm-hmm. video production of um, the uh, Gappers the, of Frip. Am I missing the world, a word? The world according to Garp. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That's just <laughs> the title of something else. Um. Our friend Melissa Goodrich is doing this quarantine project where she's uh, making an animated version of what is the word I'm missing? What is it called? The something gappers of Frip. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Oh my god, we're terrible. I n- I've never read it. <laughs> I, ju- yeah. I just read. I just read my lines. Yeah, I've not read it either. I've only seen the parts that um, she's produced. But we both voice acted for that. I'm and- gonna Google Frip. Yes, please tell me the real name of it. And I did a... Did you listen to my por- my part? Uh, no. Well... The, the very persistent gappers of Fripp. There we go. Um, I do a very specific... I play the character of Bay Romo. And I do this very specific voice that I fully, fully as I was doing it. Like, as soon as I read the lines, I knew exactly how I was going to do the voice. I'm very proud of it because I don't think it sounds anything like me. Like, I think that if you were to listen to it and you didn't know that it was me, you wouldn't be like, that's Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was doing it, I was like, I got to the end and I was like, this is the voice that my mom uses as a silly voice. Oh, huh. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, and my mom is like an actress, like not a mm-hmm. famous one, but she, you know, really loves acting and she's been in a quite a few plays, local plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen, I've heard her do various voices over my life because um, mm-hmm. she's very interested in it. And I was just like, I'm swiping this from her right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, no, but to 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 your point, yeah, I would I would uh, I would stop eating if I could. It's very annoying, and and I even started thinking like, I mean, I think the pro- the part of it too is that. Um, I I love everything about food, but it's so hard to balance getting nutrition and my body responding the way I want it to. Interesting. Um, like I said, I'm like the heaviest I think I've been, not including being pregnant right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't hate it in the sense that I don't like the way my body looks, but I hate it in the sense that my clothes don't fit me anymore. Mm -hmm. And in the sense that I don't, my body does not feel good. It does not feel strong. It does not feel cozy. It's um, more apt to be upset by things like coffee. Um, 
it's just unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult. And I can't even imagine what it's like. I have no food allergies. I have no food sensitivities. I cannot imagine what it would be like if I had a compounding. And I also don't have, I think, a fucked up relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I can. And, and yet I am. I feel so complicated mm-hmm. thinking about it. I cannot imagine if I had other factors going on here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's koyaniskatsi, mm-hmm. uh, what you're describing. Yes, a what? Koyaniskatsi. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but I, I believe, don't know what that is at all. <laughs> I believe it means life out of balance. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. So because the other thing is, like, I do like sweet things too, and I just know that sugar makes me feel not great. And the and part and the reason I have gone so uh, into a place where my body doesn't feel good in quarantine mm. is that I am just literally grasping at anything that gives me any amount of pleasure, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that means that I snack a lot. Yeah. Um. Just like oh, I feel like I want to start weeping. I guess i will make an entire batch of cookies like i i um really um like once this was not even recently like two years ago i texted my friend kathy i was like i'm making a crepe cake she was like are you okay it's a thursday you only Mm -hmm. bake like this on a thursday if you're sad and boy she was right i was fucking sad (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it just feels like something I can do. Like it's an action I can take. Yeah. Um I I, I would I would not take such an action myself. I <laughs> I I can relate to what you were saying about snacking and looking mm-hmm. for the simple pleasures and, and maybe indulging in some luxuries. Um I will also say I'm having sort of a different experience as well, which is I think I may have said to you we've talked about food kind of a lot yeah uh and uh, i think maybe i've said to you before that uh i find fruit uh very frustrating um because oh yeah i haven't shared this with you okay there's just a lot that can go wrong and it's like (laughs) it's like there's a there's a very particular window no you're absolutely right which it is correct to eat it at, yes. inside that window mm-hmm. and and that window can be totally destroyed or at least damaged by mm-hmm. um trying to transport fruit say <laughs> say from your home to work where we want to eat it at the office oh you're not even talking about from like california to the grocery no, store no 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 i'm talking about from from point a to point b in my daily life And, and that's, that's, that's the reason I'm bringing this up is because, because I'm stuck at home Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to work at work. I'm actually, I'm actually eating more fruit Mm -hmm. because it's easier. Yeah. uh, Because I'm at home all the time and uh, I'm, I'm observing it more carefully and I'm not carrying it in any bags. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I'm eating more bananas and oranges other citrus fruits etc 
Yeah, I think that um, that speaks to part of the way that I meal prep too, which is that I, I, Kenny and I now know the things that are good to make when and to not make if it needs to be transported. Yep. Or not eaten fresh. Yeah. Um, which let me let me get into the thing and I'll I'll talk about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I, let me just run through. So this was a weird week. So we love Bon Appetit. Um, I've been getting, as I think I mentioned, you were horrified by this in a podcast recently, Bon Appetit in the mail for many years. I started getting it in grad school because it's a magazine. <laughs> I think I just learned it was a magazine. I don't remember <laughs> being horrified, but hey. You were like, you, what did you say? You said something like, you were like, getting it? Or like, getting in it the or- mail? <laughs> well... I think I just said, what do you mean you've been getting it? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, just thought it was a YouTube channel or something. But this Something partic- on the internet. This particular, and it is now, largely. Yeah. Um, though I will say, I read an article um, where they said that their subscriber list of the magazine has gone up more than ever from the YouTube channel. Which is to say mm-hmm. that people watching the YouTube channel which does not have to translate into magazine subscriptions, um, right. has. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the content does double over itself. But a lot of the times, too, it's like I'll read a mag- an, a recipe in the magazine and then weeks later it'll be on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Which is cool because it is a different experience. Anyway, moving on. So this particular week, Kenny had started putting this list together. And, oh, I never finished what I was saying. I'm so sorry. I'm like all over the place. When I got very depressed about food, I said to Kenny, I am very depressed about food. I'm starting to f- I just really sort of felt like, I mean, the quarantine happening now is sort of wild to me because I was really having a hard time in the fall and um, and into winter. And I said, I, I need you to do this for me. I need you to take over cooking, um, which was not something that he had done before sort of full-time like I had, Mm. Um, though he does love cooking and he loves, um, you know, trying out recipes and stuff because I had loved it so much. He had not really done it. Mm -hmm. And because Kenny is a good human and not a terrible husband like so many people I know as husbands, he just said, yes, of course. And because we had always collaborated to begin with, the transition was very easy Um, Because he sort of already, he knew everything that was already happening. The real growing pains were that he wasn't totally aware of everything in our pantry um, in the way that I was. Which is that, like, at the time, I could be like, we've got this, 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 this. And he sort of, there was a time when he had bought, like, six cans of coconut milk accidentally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, like, because he had forgotten that we uh, had it because he hadn't been checking. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that. So this meal plan is one that Kenny made, not me, but um, I think that it's representative. And also it's one that he started and then realized a Chris Morocco, who's one of the test uh, chefs in the Bon Appetit test kitchen, um, he realized that two or three of them were Chris Morocco recipes and then just went whole hog Chris Morocco because he thought it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Um so I think he called this the Chris Morocco meal plan. All Chris Morocco all the time. No, what did he call it? Brought, he said brought to you by Chris Morocco is what he wrote. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go through what it is and then I'll sort of go through why. 
So Saturday was lasagna. Sunday was rice bowls with flaky cod, and he put in parentheses, recipe for two servings. Monday was turmeric coconut curry with pork. Tuesday was mushroom soup. Wednesday was summer squash and basil pasta. He put, for fun, almond galette. And then he said, Elliot, bagels, quesadillas, pesto pasta. Okay. So I I have a question. I feel yes. like it should be the obvious question. Yes. What what week are you what week are you and your family living on that's starts with Saturday and ends with Wednesday? <laughs> so this was at the very beginning of quarantine. This was from th- this was from meals 328. And uh this was a little bit of a weird week. Normally, this would have started on Sunday and gone to Thursday. Um, okay. with, the, with the idea that Friday, we sort of just, like, pick and choose with what we have left over in the house. And then Saturday, we're probably eating out or getting something special that we got at the market that day. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular week, I forget what we did on Thursday, but I think we knew that something was happening and so we had sort of so point being that when you have a week long meal meal plan yeah you have a plan for 5 days 5 consecutive days yes um sometimes we'll do more than that if we know that there's something specific but um yeah that's uh that's accurate okay. um so Let's start with lasagna. So Kenny wanted to make this BA best lasagna, which is oh let me let me back up for a second. So every time we do this, we will put the um if there's a recipe, we'll put the link to the recipe there so that both and then we email the meal plan to the other person so that if one person is the person that's suddenly cooking, they just have access to everything. And also so like if I'm, for example, making breakfast and I need to see like, oh, do we really need this heavy cream or can I put it in my coffee, for example? I can just see like very quickly, yeah, I can just put some in my coffee. So this lasagna was like the BA's best lasagna. So this is like supposed to be sort of the like ultimate version of of this sort of standard lasagna. And it involved making a sauce, like a sauce that cooked for like four or five hours or something. So that's why this was on Saturday. Because you not like lasagna? No, for Will is I gave, giving me the thumbs down. I gave a big thumbs down, and I that was for the four or five hours oh, it yes. takes to make something. So this was again. This was something that the reason this starts on Saturday is because this was something that Kenny was like, I want to make something special. Like we're in quarantine, I want to make something special. Um, so I'm going to make lasagna, and it's going to take all afternoon, and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were able to have that for lunch on Sunday too. The next thing, rice bowls with flaky cod. You notice that he put recipe for two servings. That's because he knew we weren't going to have this on Monday. <laughs> because again, fish weird on day two. So you're saying that a recipe that you would normally use might be. F- for four servings mm-hmm. because there's two of you having dinner and then lunch the next day. Yes. And this recipe is more limited 
Yes. Because you don't want it the next day. Yes. Got it. But you'll notice that it's on Sunday, and that's because we're buying fish on Saturday and we're eating it the next day. We're not letting it sit around. Mm-hmm. Now, on a day like – now, if it wasn't quarantine, you know, it's very you know, it's very likely that we're going out to lunch at sometimes with our coworkers. Normally, we know when that's happening. Um, Like, we have, like – I nice. know I know that we have, like, team lunches occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that, like, I, I'm assuming you – well, no, you sort of do this because you work on campus with people that, like, we are loved dearly, that are beloved to us. Yeah, we used to meet each other for lunch occasionally. Um, those people who work on the same campus as me, who are friends with me, um, uh, a, sh- a short distance might feel like a very long distance uh, uh-huh. to them. And so uh, – because we don't work in the same building <laughs> or say two buildings right across from each other. Uh-huh. Uh, I may not have seen them as often as you might think. Right. I guess I just mean like I never have lunch with anybody at work unless it's a planned team building lunch. I I also never have lunch with anybody at work. Yeah. Unless it is an occasion like they brought in a catered lunch mm-hmm. uh, for this, you know, meeting or something. Yeah. And that did happen occasionally. So we did have once a month um, about at in my team, we would have a lunch um, that was picked by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it was towards the end of the year, we had actually quite a few potlucks. So if we knew that that was happening, we might, if Kenny and I knew that that was happening um, in either one of our um respective jobs we would adjust um and that might be a time that we would say well we can have fish on sunday because neither of us are going to need a meal for lunch on monday mm-hmm. um and so we would specifically which i which i by which i mean we would specifically pick something like that mm-hmm. if we knew that was part right. of our meal planning our meal prep yes um also there have been times that that's happened, but the other one has needed a lunch for that day. And then there, there's always room to sort of scrounge at that point. <laughs> or, you know, we do occasionally do buy lunch. You know, that would be the time that, like, the other one would just buy lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday, this turmeric coconut curry with pork. I don't think we actually had pork with this. I think we had turkey, ground turkey with it, mm. um, which I think is in the magazine. Um, but again, it's Monday, so we're having um, the meat early in the week. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a weird week because we're actually having meat a couple of times, which is not normal, but mm-hmm. uh, that's fine. And um, this is something that is uh, – you can't see it here, but it's actually quite vegetable heavy. So mm-hmm. you have this um, curry with um, this meat and like coconut flakes, but it's served with lettuce. Hmm. Like lettuce wraps. Um, uh, how how does that work? You make like a delicious meat, uh, thing like ground meat that's sort of like uh, with some sauce and some mm-hmm. some toppings, and then you get lettuce and you put it in there and you eat it up. You put, but you said lettuce wrap. Yeah. So so you, you make don't like put, tiny you tacos. Don't put, you don't put the lettuce in there. You put it no. in the lettuce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday. Is there, is there rice or is it just meat and veggies and sauce? I can't remember 
if we had rice with this one. There's other lettuce wraps that we've had that we do make a small amount of rice for. Like we had a curry just last night uh-huh. and it was rice. Yes. Uh, we had the curry over rice and the curry had, uh, it was a yellow curry and it had nice. chicken, which was made from um, chicken thighs. It was a package Ooh. of chicken thighs yeah. from Trader Joe's. And various vegetables that sort uh-huh. of fit the yellow uh, color. You know, uh-huh. uh, there was summer some squash, potato in there, and uh-huh. uh, zucchini. I think. Yep. Uh, Etc. Carrot. I think. Yeah, we very often. So there's actually this is a bad week for this. Well, the rice bowls, I guess, had rice as a base, but we very often mm-hmm. has have rice as a base. And again, we're yeah. having a sort of small amount of rice, so we're having like a quarter cup. If it were dry as a serving, which is about 100 calories. Yeah. Um, we often have rice as a base as well. Uh, we are eating, it sounds like, approximately double the amount of rice <laughs> that you are. Yes. Because um, we, are, we are not saving it. We are not saving half of what we make for the next day. Yes. We are making a cup like you are making a cup. Mm-hmm. And then we are consuming most of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, yeah, I'll Occasionally, talk about. There's a little bit left over and that either goes in the trash or it goes in the fridge or it goes in Angie's bowl. Oh, uh, but, uh, but, but more or less we're, we're eating, uh, a cup of rice, the two of us. Yeah. At I'll, dinner. I'll talk about my portioning when I get through this. I have specific reasons for why I picked things. Um, okay. Next was a mushroom soup, and I believe that we had this mushroom soup with um, some sort of, like, toast on the side. Maybe mm-hmm. even a grilled cheese, but I can't remember. Mm. Um, then we have summer squash and basil pasta. So this is, like, has a large amount of squash and um, uh, onion, I think. And then basil with just some, like, rigatoni. Mm-hmm. For can you put for fun almond galette? So we do both. We again, we we both like cooking. Um, Kenny has gotten way more into it um, recently. This is an almond galette that I have made with various things. It's such a good recipe. You can use um, any stone fruit for it, but he actually made this one with apples because stone fruit were not in season yet. Mm. Um, and then for LA, of course, we have these things like bagels, quesadilla, pesto pasta. So the idea is that. Once we build our grocery list, we'll also have a list of things like we're going to get little bagels for Elliot. We'll make sure that we have um, tortillas and cheese. Um, you know, now that we're in quarantine, I'm eating a lot of breakfast tacos for breakfast. It's something that is um, makes me feel full and makes me feel happy and I can have it with vegetables. Um, and then, yeah, like a jar of pesto and pasta is like an easy way. And then we'll make sure that we have things like um, – he likes peppers, he likes tomatoes, he likes carrots, he likes, well, he says he doesn't like celery, but he sure ate a lot of celery yesterday for somebody who doesn't like celery. Yuck. <laughs> Ugh. He's like, he'll go, no celery. Yuck. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we build our grocery list off of this and then fill in things that we know that we need as staples. So like, we almost always get bananas. We need milk because Elliot's drinking milk. Also, I love milk. Um, eggs or something that are going to be eaten at some point during the week, regardless. Um, Elliot also eats eggs, so that's something. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's like sort of the base. You know, there, there's a couple of things in terms of like our planning. So like, this was a weird week because we basically hadn't eaten anything. This was a weird week in the sense that we hadn't 
eaten anything on this list that we had made before. Mm. And I included it because I wanted you to be able to see all of the different recipe stuff. Mm. Um, Part of the reason, too, that Kenny picked this was because I knew that he knew that some of the stuff on this list we already had the things for. So, like, we had Mm -hmm. lasagna noodles, which, like, is a small and, and tomato sauce. Um, like tomatoes. So we knew that like the lasagna, like we already had a lot of the base line stuff for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but some sort of standards that we have all of the time, um, that are very easy is I make, as I believe we've discussed on this podcast, tortellini soup. Yes. Um, that's very easy because it's essentially a can of tomatoes. So again, you're eating like a huge, like sort of a huge amount of tomatoes and, um, tortellini. Uh, that's frozen, so it's just there. That's a great end-of-the-week option because it's mm-hmm. stuff that's all shelf-stable. Um, we eat tofu and mushrooms with rice, with miso, where um, we take mushrooms, saute them, add miso, and um, I make tofu and put some soy sauce on it and then put that over rice. And then you can zhuzh that up however you wish. Uh, cilantro, sesame seeds, I just bought furikake, um... Uh, if scallions, if we have them, if we have other vegetables, we can very easily add those in and that's, um, good as well. I'm trying to think if there's another sort of standard. Those are like the two main sort of like standards. Oh, Kenny's been making this green rice recently, which he's obsessed with, which has like a full pound of like spinach in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you like make like a, like a, like a juice out of spinach basically. And then that's what you cook the rice in. Hmm. and then we've been having that with, because originally he was just like, I made this. And I was like, I appreciate that there's hypothetically a lot of vegetables in this, uh, but we have no protein. <laughs> and so then, mm-hmm. and then he started making it with, with tofu. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes we will sort of have things on our radar that we know we want are in the mood or are in the mood for. We also have, because we send each other you know, when I was doing it and now that he's doing it, we send the other person the emails so we can just go, they're just always called meals. And so we can just search like meals and we can see the things that we had that week. Um, mm. Do we do this every single week exactly? No. Uh, is is The other thing is like, this is pretty flexible, right? So we give ourselves those extra days and there have been plenty of times where you know, we're not feeling something one week and we or one day as we've planned it, and so we switch something out, or we are eating out suddenly, less so now, and uh, we just shift something to Friday then that we initially weren't going to have on Friday. Um, but I think that this is a way that I can pretty easily get a grocery list together. I always know that I have something for dinner and for lunch. Some of the meal prepping stuff I've seen, that's the other thing, this is worth mentioning. Some of the meal prepping stuff I've seen has you prepping different things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which makes me feel insane. Like, that Mm -hmm. just feels like... Overkill. Overkill. Like, I cannot imagine prepping 15 meals a Mm -hmm. week. Um, This is, like, very much... This feels way more manageable to me. And again, everybody's gonna have, like, a, a range of what they feel comfortable or not comfortable with. Um... But yeah, I feel pretty smug because I think this works really well for us. Mm-hmm. It gets, it hits all of the things we need. And I think that you can scale this up or scale this down depending on who you are. So like even you, I know that you talk a lot about having prefab meals for mm-hmm. lunch. Yep. Um, Just pop it in the microwave. 
Yeah, even if, let's say you just wanted to plan things out a little bit more, you could even like very easily account for that with the I don't, system. I, I don't know what you mean. You could very easily just be like, okay, if I need to like plan you, out what I'm having for the week. You understand I don't buy them at random, right? Yes. Like I don't close my eyes and just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see how many I got this week. And then I bring them home and I go like, oh, I guess I'll eat this today. Right. And I, ho- I hope I don't run out of these. I'm just talking. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I go, I go, like, I know exactly which ones I like. Mm-hmm. I have about four or five yeah. that I like enough to buy them every time. Mm-hmm. I buy them and I know basically when I'm going to consume them. Yeah. Either based on my preference or based on... Like the date, like uh, the sell-by date on it. Oh, oh, the date. It was March 15th. I knew I had to have a burrito this day. Yeah, no, not, yeah, not on the (laughs) Ides of March, no. No, I guess what I mean is like, if, even if you were buying things that were more, um, like prefabricated, um, I think it would be easy enough to sort of factor that in if you're looking at it in this sort of like day by day manner or, or if you're saying like, this is what I'm having for breakfast every day. Um, if you were somebody that I'm not saying you, um, wanted to be a little bit more conscientious about what they were buying and why they were buying it every week. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. I guess what I'm, what I'm saying uh, is my version of this is, I buy uh, these particular lunch items and I buy them in a number that I, (laughs) that I think is going, is going to be uh, enough to cover the number of days Uh between now and, and my next grocery run. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I have my, uh, my go-tos and it's basically, it's basically the same every time. Um, So, uh, and, and, so that's my lunch uh, meal prep. Um, <laughs> breakfast uh, is always the same. Cliff bar. I, I always start the day with a cliff bar and a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then dinner is uh, a conversation with Dana when we get home from work or under the circumstances working from home. It's a conversation around four o'clock each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to do for dinner? Mm-hmm. Well, what do we have? Let's look at what we have. Mm-hmm. Do you want this, this, or this? And uh, yeah, it's a, you know a lot of the same stuff week uh, from from week to week. Yeah, it's just a it's just a matter of yeah the uh, the order in which we go through those uh, those regular items or regular I, uh, meals. I think the other thing which I have not brought up yet that's useful about my system that I think is good is yeah. that I think that it is difficult. Two is not as hard as one. But I still think two is difficult. I think it's difficult to buy things and servings of two or one. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I think, again, I think it's easier for two. And so I think that if you are a single person who is cooking only for oneself, um, being able to scale up to two makes buying ingredients significantly easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's even easier if you're scaling to four. 
four is a great number in terms of serving sizes. Like, if mm. you're looking, as much as I are, you know, I'm annoyed that a can of beans is one and three quarters cups, which is annoying. Um, that split into four is a very reasonable amount of beans. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a bunch of kale split into four is a very reasonable amount of kale. Now, that said, I could eat a whole bunch of kale by myself, but that's a different story. Um, and so I think part of the reason why I like this is because um, like I remember Sarah once when she was living by herself in Las Cruces being like, um, I cannot eat a head of cabbage by myself in a week. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't either. And I fucking love vegetables. Like, I could not eat a head of cabbage by myself in a week. And so she, she was basically saying, like, there are certain things that I cannot cook because I, I cannot buy less than one head of cabbage. Right. And um, heads of cabbage are oftentimes large, not always, but very often. And so I will not be eating cabbage because I will not be eating that much cabbage in a week. Right. Um, and I think that this helps to mitigate that. Um without there being as much food waste. I'm not talking about food waste in the sense that, um, like, I am so unconcerned with food waste as on an individual level in terms of, like, you know, other people not having food because that's not really um, where the food waste is coming from in a way that's hurting people that don't have access to food. Right. Um, but I am concerned with food waste in terms of, like, I'm spending money on food that I'm not eating. Yeah. My general rule is if the packaging says serves two, then I can take it down myself <laughs> yeah, and be, uh, and be satisfied. Oh, so speaking of also with servings, where am I getting, I'm eating a quarter cup of dry rice as a serving. Mm. Again, there's a lot of privilege in, in everything I've said, there's a lot of privilege, especially mm-hmm. here. Um, I also, I want to, point out that this could be something that could be triggering to various people um i really want to just give a content warning for that right now okay when i need to lose or maintain weight i am eating about 1200 calories a day Mm -hmm. which is a very small amount of calories Mm -hmm. i have the problem that i cannot exercise now we know from various studies that you really have to be exercising three to five hours a week hard. So that would be like, you know, if you were doing a run, like an hour run, three to three to five hours a week, three to five yeah. times a week. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> um, if you were doing that, like otherwise exercise, there's a, a lot of benefits to exercise, but weight loss actually isn't one of them unless you reach that threshold, mm-hmm. which most people are not. Most people are, um going for a walk or if they're even if they are doing like a workout it's not it's not to the intensity or for the length mm-hmm. um i have the problem that i have a bum knee i don't have right. a meniscus in my right knee so like the thing that would be most easily accessible for me for like a really high intensity workout like a run i physically cannot do mm-hmm. uh because it would break me it has broken me i am broken in that sense mm-hmm. Um, that's why I do yoga. It's because, uh, which might be a future podcast topic, uh, it's because it strengthens my knee and because I can do it, um, it makes me feel good and strong in my body, but it doesn't require me to do things like jumping, which hurt my knee or running or anything impact related. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have the option to, um, you know, sort of balance what I'm eating with workouts that would balance, um, that system of input output 
if mm-hmm. we're looking at it at a very base level. Um, so 1,200 calories a day means that my meals have to be basically between 300 and 400 calories for me to hit that, assuming I eat a snack at some point. It has to be less than 400. Mm-hmm. And so um, the real problem here is I would like my vegetables to be browned and caramelized. I want some of that um, – uh, uh, what's the name of it? The May Maillard – uh, reaction to happen, which is when things get like caramelized and delicious, okay. which means I need to use fat. And a tablespoon of, for example, safflower oil is 120 calories, which, as I've just described, would be about one quarter of my entire meal. And so I have figured out ways to get around this. One of them is to have one quarter cup of rice with my meal. Mm-hmm. Um, that allows me to use fat to cook my vegetables. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and, uh, again, I don't do this all the time, and also I'm certainly not doing it right now. Um, I'm also very lucky that I'm not food insecure. I'm also very lucky that I have access to high-quality proteins and vegetable, fresh vegetables. Um, or, or even frozen vegetables, honestly, because frozen vegetables are oftentimes picked at the peak of ripeness, and so they're just as good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm sort of, that's also where some of these choices are coming from. I'm looking at choices that are going to maximize the amount of food that I can eat and maximize the amount of fiber that I can eat so that I can stay as full as possible so that I can eat a small amount of calories um, so I can feel the way that I would like to feel in my body, mm-hmm. which may or may not be influenced by society, um, but is definitely influenced by the clothing that I own that I would like to continue to fit into. Sure. Yep. That all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That thing you said about exercise uh isn't that wild that's uh that's that's uh not how i've been living under dana's uh supervision if i if i may say that under dana's supervision well yeah i mean i i i exercise more uh being uh you know living with dana Mm, she wants you to to hike that's not what i meant to say but Hike and you know we have an exercise bike in the house, which was her you do? purchase. Yeah, you do, do oh. you not know that? I no, when did you buy think that? We've talked about that before. Yeah, Dana purchased us an exercise bike like a few years ago at this point. And um, oh, wow, I didn't know. Where is it? Is it in that room? The room I'm in now? No. Yeah. Where it's, does it live? It, it's in the living room. It it it's it faces. Um, I mean, it really sort of faces a, a window, uh-huh. but if you just turn your head like this much to the left, then you're looking at the television. So, wow, I had no idea. You can watch was it TV. there when I came to visit you? Many, moons maybe ago? not. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, Do you exercise bike? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the the understanding that Dana and I have is that we're going to exercise a little bit each day. Yeah, and what counts is 20 minutes on the exercise bike okay yeah um but if i'm doing that uh yeah i don't i don't think it's the intensity of like a run yeah or whatever other examples you might have had yeah and yeah uh, i think that there's like also things like um you know things like uh really high intensity cycling um weight weight lifting mm-hmm. um 
classes like uh, Orange Theory and stuff like that. I think all of that is is enough. But yeah, 20 minutes on the bike, what you're doing is probably, you're correct, not... Well, it's only 20 minutes is the other thing, so... I say only. Right. Yeah, so what you're saying is that I probably can't expect to see any weight loss from from that routine. Yes, that's what the science says. Um, but again, there's a lot of benefits to exercise. It's just not weight loss. So, like, it's mm-hmm. still good for your heart. Okay. It's good for your brain because mm-hmm. it's releasing chemicals that are balancing so that you're not uh, as depressed or anxious a lot of the time. Again, mm. there are plenty of people that exercise is not going to help how depressed mm. or anxious they are. Um, but it can mitigate it. It's a, like mm-hmm. a mitigation factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it just feels good for our bodies to move in general. Like it feels good for our muscles and it feels good then because uh, it can not always, again, not always help us sleep because we've moved our bodies and so our bodies then are tired and not just our brains are tired from staring at a Zoom meeting for 10 hours. Uh, if you say so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, 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 in, 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 the- in theory, I, I believe you. In, in practice, you know, I hate exercise and my body <laughs> never feels worse than when I am in the middle of doing it. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, uh, yeah. But yes, if the benefits are what you say they are, then I guess begrudgingly I will continue my little exercise routine. But mm-hmm. we are planning on moving to a different house soon, and maybe that exercise bike will just mysteriously wow. get lost. You heard uh, it here on first, the folks. The assassination uh, of Dana's exercise bike happened. Just kidding. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's all I got to say about this. I mean, I I feel like this feels like a controversial topic to me. Wow. In the sense that like, I'm sure that people could poke and prod at this. I'm sure I've said something fucked up at some point. (laughs) Um, But these are just the things that have worked for us most of the time. And um, I think if anything, the reason I'm smug about it is because um, I think that you could I think a lot of people could use this system and alter it pretty I think it's riffable as they say in the recipe world. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. They'll say um they'll say you know like my tofu and mushrooms. They'll say this recipe is highly riffable. Mm. Getting jazzy in the kitchen. <laughs> you can do some uh, scatting to this recipe. Yeah. Little bit of like a ratatouille scene where like <laughs> colors are swirling and oh yeah everything with my meal planning includes a montage at some point oh yeah yeah <laughs> and a and a rat controlling you yes by pulling on your hair <laughs> yes little Patton Oswald rat little Patton Oswald little Patton Oswald God I love him <laughs> what a good man what a good kind man yeah well. By coincidence, I am going to go uh, rewatch a Pixar movie right now. Oh, which one? Not Ratatouille, but actually uh, Toy Story 2. Oh, I'll talk to you about Toy Story off mic with Elliot. He's been having some emotions about it. Ooh. All right. Well, let's uh, turn the mics off and (laughs) have that conversation. (laughs) The one thing I will say, though, is we asked him the other day which Toy Story he wanted to watch, and he said, 
Toy Story 6. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only, little buddy. Um, in, well, in I, your lifetime, I guess. <laughs> um, I love you very much. Thank you for listening to me talk about my convoluted food <laughs> prep episode. I love you too. I was happy to listen. Good night. See you next week. Bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at Youngest of One, and his website is WilliamHoffacker.com. You can find Liz at Exclamate on Instagram, at Exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, ElizabethDeannaMorrisLakes.com. Our website is SmugBuds.com, and the podcast is at SmugBuds on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>